Welcome to this edition of the Baseball America College podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill, joined by Joe Healy. Today it is Friday, March 13, the day after the College World Series for 2020 was canceled. Um, This is unprecedented times in the college sports world and in the sports world overall. Uh, the, The College World Series has been contested every year going back to 1947. Uh, has never taken a break. There, there will be no College World Series this year. The NCAA announced yesterday as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak, which I guess now is classified as a pandemic. I can use that word. Um, Joe and I, we had a, a podcast recorded yesterday, but in, in the morning, we, we knew it was going to potentially be outdated. We did not realize how quickly uh, and how, how thoroughly outdated it would be. So we're that podcast will never see the light of day. Uh, we uh, we will do our best on, on this one to to get all the news uh, that we had yesterday uh, and, and and wrap it all up uh, today. Obviously, the most significant news from yesterday was that the College World Series is again canceled. Also, college baseball is on pause and most likely stopped for the 2020 season. Every conference has, at minimum, suspended uh, the the spring sports season, and several have canceled. Most notably, the Big Ten has canceled the 2020 spring sports season, and you know the the Patriot League, the Ivy League, the America East, uh, the Metro Atlantic, uh, all have have joined them in canceling. A few other individual schools have canceled. Stanford has canceled. The the Pac-12 is officially suspended, but but Stanford went the extra. Most of them uh, are not going to be coming back. Now, the SEC and the Big 12 uh, and the Southland are all suspended and have been somewhat public about wanting to continue the season. You had SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey going on the SEC Network and Paul Feinbaum's show there on Thursday afternoon questioning why Mark Emmert had already made a decision about the men's and women's College World Series, which, of course, aren't scheduled to start until June, why, why a decision had been made on them in March. And you know the SEC has been been pretty upfront. It seems like that that they would like to play baseball later this season if they can. Obviously, that remains to be seen. They are officially suspended through March 30. The NBA and MLB, meanwhile, are talking about not resuming activities or resuming games until likely the middle of April. And so to think that the SEC would be the NBA or MLB back to the field is is probably folly. Also, Auburn has suspended. I think it's a week longer than the rest yeah, of the SEC. Yeah, I think it's anyway. April tenth. Yeah. Okay. So two weeks longer, and effectively, so you know you're going to have to contend with that as well. So you know, if if there is baseball still to be played in the 2020 season, and I am highly doubtful that there is, uh, I don't think you're looking at a resumption until the middle of April. Um, you also have to look at some of these leagues that are suspended. They've also suspended, not only suspended games, 
uh, they have suspended practice. The ACC, most notably among them, has said that you cannot practice. The SEC and the Big 12, they are, they are allowed to continue practicing. The ACC shut practices down. So now if you're looking at that timeline and you're seeing mid-April, that's a full month. You then have to give pitchers some time to ramp back up in the ACC, and now you're looking at May 1, and uh, you know that's all in a, the, the rosiest possible picture. All of this is to say that the college baseball season is probably over and that while that is uh, incredibly disappointing to everyone around the country, uh, you know, it is important to keep perspective at this time. Clearly, the COVID-19 outbreak is very significant and doing anything to, to limit its spread is, uh, is understandable. You can be disappointed at the timing of the 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 announcements you, you can be disappointed there is no Omaha you know and, and those are all very understandable uh, emotions that I think Joe and I both have have gone through uh, but you know ultimately I, I guess where I've gotten in the last 18 hours or however long it's been is that you know no matter when the NCAA looked at uh, the College World Series and its viability of going forward I think they would have come to the same conclusion whether they did that yesterday like they did or whether they did that three weeks from now uh we'll never know of course uh but that that is that is where things stand so uh with all of that joe uh how are you doing oh man what a day what a day yesterday was uh you 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 mentioned kind of uh dealing with uh with some of those emotions that's really kind of what it's it's been like i mean that's um and, and we're not alone in this by the way they're college basketball fans and media are grieving losing the NCAA tournament, although uh, they got their whole season, so I don't want to hear it. Um, I, <laughs> um, anyway, I, but yeah, so I mean, it really kind of has felt that way. I mean, it's felt like kind of grieving something you've, you've lost. And obviously, and to your point, your point is, is well taken, and we need to keep this in mind that like, yes, this sucks. It really does. This hurts. As someone who loves college baseball, as you and I do, like this hurts. Um, it, you feel like you've kind of lost a little bit of yourself because you and I are in the as we do this for a living are kind of in the mode of this is what our life is going to be for the next three months uh, plus. And now that is not the case anymore. And as of 24 hours ago, um, I mean, I think things were on shakier ground 24 hours ago, but certainly, uh, you know, as recently as 48, 72 hours ago, I think we kind of assumed to a certain degree that okay this might be a little bit different but we're still moving forward with this this is still what we're going to be doing and now all of a sudden it's not that's quite a that's um you know even if in the grand scheme of things it's not all that important that is a significant just uh, shift for for folks like you and me who do this so um I, I think i have gone through many of the stages ranging from like just the disbelief that it happened initially and um you know, I, I actually, when I told my, my fiance about it, she kind of stopped and she's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I'm okay. It's just kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, it just, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And in hindsight, to your point, um, it makes, you know, obviously it made, it made sense from the beginning, but now thinking back on it, you can really understand why they made the decision they did, because are you really going to wait until May to make a decision about event, an event happening six weeks from then? Um, so that, that was always going to be tough. Um, I have also gone through the hopefulness brought by the SEC and the big 12 and, and other leagues, you know, the Southland has been out there about it, but there's a lot of leagues that have just suspended play as opposed to canceled. And I was taking a kernel of optimism 
from the fact that there were examples of leagues that announced suspensions after the NCAA had announced the cancellation of the College World Series. Um, but as I as time has gone on, you know, I've kind of pulled back from that for for a couple of reasons, many of which you touched upon. Just the timetables are wonky. Uh, different programs have taken different approaches, so you might not have agreement across the league on what to do. Um, there's also, you know, is the conference really going to award a champion if not everyone's fully on board? And um, also, you know, we're, we haven't got into this yet, so you know, maybe this is is where we we go from here. But there's a there's a lot of next level talk about what do you do with rosters and scholarships and and all that jazz and what does the NCAA do if half of college baseball, to just use this example, it wouldn't be half, but if a good portion of college baseball decides to play and the rest decides to cancel, um, it makes it a little bit more difficult to just do blanket waivers for everybody. I mean, you could go on a conference by conference or program by program basis, but uh, geez, that seems um, onerous. And that's not to say it's not worthwhile. That's not to say it's not something they should do, Um, but that would certainly add a level of, a level of uh, complication to it. So, um, you know, uh, I think you put it well, a lot to process, and there's still a lot of questions to be answered, and, and you and I are going to spend a lot of time in the coming weeks trying to unravel all this. Um, so that, more to come on this, but certainly just a, a, a head-spinning day yesterday for sure. Yeah, it's uh, there are so many unanswered questions right now, obviously. I, before we get into some of those longer reaching uh, questions, which I want to be clear right now, no one has the answer to, including the people in Indianapolis. They're working this out as, as they go. And, um, you know, some people might say they're making it up as they go. And uh, while that is true, it, it like, I, I don't mean that to sound mean, which I think some people might uh, like there we're, we're in uncharted territory here. And yes, they literally are making this up as they go because there is no, They've never done anything like this before. There's never been anything like this that they've had to worry about. Uh, but before we get there, I wanted to, you know, kind of just go through um, some of the decision the, or the the way that people were processing <clears throat> the decision yesterday. You had at Penn State when um, this was all going down. Penn State was scheduled to play Miami at four o'clock yesterday. Um, the NCAA canceled the College World Series at about 4.15. The Big Ten canceled its season, I don't know, maybe 10, five to 10 minutes before that. It happened very close to, to the time that NCAA pulled the plug on, uh, on the championships. Uh, but Miami and Penn State had already started, so they just, they just kept playing. And at least according to the Penn State release after the game, the players did not know, which is truly wild to me. Uh, So the final game as it stands now of the 2020 college baseball season is going to be Miami of Ohio. Uh, Maybe I should make that clear. It it was Miami of Ohio. It was not Miami, uh, the Canes. Miami of Ohio uh, beats Penn State 5-1. to Um, That was kind of surreal yesterday. And... You know, I the I, I think as people figured out that like that game was still going on after they'd heard you know, all of the news, like that that was that was kind of interesting, uh, you know, to see. But the the reaction from coaches, I would say, by and large, that that I talked to was one disbelief. Um, they were 
I, everyone, I think, woke up on Saturday knowing, or on Thursday, knowing that something was coming in terms of cancellations. Um, that after Wednesday night, when Rudy Gobert, um, the Utah Jazz, tested positive for COVID-19 and the NBA went on hiatus like immediately thereafter. Uh, and then Fred Hoiberg, the Nebraska basketball coach, was visibly sick on the sideline in the Big Ten tournament game and had to be taken to the hospital at halftime where he later, we later learned that it wasn't the coronavirus, it was um, influenza A. But that was still a very scary moment, I think, for everyone, and it was playing out on live TV. <clears throat> so the, the, the those two things taken together, when you wake up on Thursday, you know that the measure of just playing games without fans in the stands is not going to be enough. That if the NBA is on hiatus, that a hiatus is coming to this sport as well. Um, and that's what you saw play out early in the day. And, and people, um, you know, were uh, kind of amazed by that, not not in a, like, what's going on sense, but just in a, like, whoa, this is unprecedented. This is crazy. But then when the NCAA pulled the plug, that was something that I don't think anyone was expecting, that I think you, you might have expected them to pull the plug on the basketball tournament. But I don't I don't think anyone woke up on Thursday morning expecting that that they were going to pull the plug uh, on the College World Series. And so from there, you know, that that's where the disbelief comes from. And that's where the there were a lot of people just wondering why that decision was made yesterday. And we still don't have an explanation from the NCAA about that. Uh, My guess is that they didn't want to piecemeal it, that, you know, spring sports championships play out over an extended period of time. The, the College World Series ends incredibly late relative to, to most other uh, NCAA sports and that they also, you know, even relative to the Division Three World Series, it, it ends very much later. And that I think the NCAA was doing some math on like the Division Three season and seeing how there was no way that was going to happen. And that one thing that the NCAA really, really wants is that all the divisions operate under as similar rules as they can, um, you know, in, in, at least in, in terms of on-field stuff. The, they understand that the scholarships, you know, that's the point of the divisions. But everything else they want to be equal, one to three. And, you know, that's frustrating if you're in Division One a lot of the time because, uh that holds a lot of things back. Um, it held the pitch clock back until this year. For a decade, it held pitch clocks back. Um, that, and that's just one example. But I think that that's a big part of it is that uh, they they wanted everyone, all three divisions, to have the same thing. And if they were going to pull the plug on the Division Three World Series, they didn't want to have to explain why Division Three was different than Division One. And I know a lot of people right now are probably screaming at their phones saying, well, it's very obvious why Division One is different than Division Three." And like, yes, but in a, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how you really like go tell the D3 kid that, hey, 
yeah, sorry, we canceled. Your your season doesn't matter as much as this one does. Like that's, I on on some level that is what you're doing, and they have never wanted to do that. They don't want to do that. I get why they don't want to do that. Uh, that doesn't make you feel great about it necessarily, but I I do think that that probably played into it, and yeah, that is all speculation. Mark Emmer, had, to my knowledge, hasn't said anything about this, which is very frustrating as well. That. Uh, a decision like this can be made and he's not coming out and and explaining that um, I think that would go a long way to to helping the, the image right now I mean he took uh, you know the the step of sitting down with three prominent basketball reporters uh, to explain why there weren't going to be fans at the NCAA basketball tournament he did that right away uh, you know and and Tane O'Neill Pat Forty and um, Blanking on the the whoever it was from the AP, uh, you know they they all had you know great interviews with him about that, and it happened right away because the NCAA wanted it to, and I I haven't seen anything like that from from basketball. And Joe, please please help me if I'm wrong on that, but like I I haven't seen anything about from from Mark Emmert at a significant length, um, you know, explaining the decision that was made yesterday. So I, I think there's a lot of frustration about that. And just about the timing of the whole thing. Yeah, I think I think that's right, and, and I, I have not seen seen that yet. I, I assume that's still coming, and I think part of it now is that, um, you know, the funny thing is we talk about, you know, you, you talk about how Division One baseball is treated similarly to Divisions Two and Three, and that's just kind of the reality of it. And yet, Division One basketball championship gets treated very differently, and, and I guess we know why that is. I'm not naive to. to to that but um yeah but i assume part of that is just because you know he's uh each case might have been a little bit different and i i I do think the hunch um i think at this point that it is a hunch that part of the college world series being um being canceled as early as it was was well okay so we we basically anything through mid late april is gone and then now we're only talking about a handful and the ones in early May, and I don't have the calendar right in front of me, but those are probably gone. And so are we just going to have baseball? Like probably not. Um, now it, I do not want to suggest that is as simple as the decision was. I am confident it was not. However, I mean, that's the base level they were, they were working from probably. Uh, it was probably one of the early, early discussions there. And, you know, I, part of it too is, and I think this is a, a question that will have to be grappled with if the SEC, Big 12, Southland, whatever other conference is serious about trying to get back on the field this year is how do you define that it's okay? I mean, there, there's really no great way, especially with, you know, you know, um, and I, and I don't want to dive deep into like the, the debate about how this has been handled, but you know, until we start testing more widely here, um, we're not going to know the extent of this. And, once we know the extent of it, it's going to look worse than, you know, worse than it had before because the numbers are just going to go up. That's the way it works. And so if the numbers spike, I mean, how do we, you know, basically there's just we're kind of like grappling with just a very vague definition of beating COVID-19. And I certainly you and I on a podcast that is no longer going to air, you and I both admitted that we're not doctors. And I, I think we're, we're probably breaking news there. I think people assumed we were doctors. Um I do date a doctor. That's true, but Teddy is much closer to being a doctor than I am because he he <laughs> is currently in a relationship with one. But um, I don't know how to define 
that we've beaten COVID-19 and it's safe to go back to playing games. And I coaches and ADs are in the same boat. They'd be taking their cues from these health, from health organizations. And um, I think all the health organizations official stance is like, we can't make anything, anything declarative at this point and probably won't for a while. And if that's the case, like, you know, I think, like I said, that's going to be something those, these conferences are going to have to grapple with. And that's what actually gives me the least amount of confidence that we're actually going to play again is how do you, how do you define that it's safe to do so again? And the minute you go back to playing and somebody gets sick on a team or that went to a game or that worked a game, you're just going to have to pull them right back off the field. Yeah. And I, Joe and I talked about how I, on that podcast that, that will never exist is that, you know, how likely was it just by playing with no fans that all 301 teams were going to stay, um, you know, unaffected by the virus. And, it took, I don't know, six hours from when we pressed stop on that thing to till we found out that Baylor was in quarantine because they'd gone through um, an airport in, in San Jose where I guess a TSA agent had had co- had tested positive. And, you know, right now I, you know, Baylor is saying everything's fine. And I, I, I my guess is it will be. But like, that's how long that took, you know, and. As soon as that as, as that happens, it's a wrap. And, and you know, so I, that's uh, that makes it all, all the more difficult, I think, when, when you're when you're trying to evaluate these decisions and and, and how quickly your things could resume to normal. Um, you know, I the I, I can't even imagine what what Baylor is going through, and, and Joe knows this as as well as anyone because he was tracking over. Wednesday and Thursday, every announcement about um, cancellations or no fans or whatever. Uh, Baylor was one of the last schools on Thursday to cancel their games, were they not? No, I mean that, that's right. I mean they and they actually and and this is not this is not to criticize Baylor or to you know it could have just been we're putting out this information because we have to put out something, but you know they had actually after many teams had canceled and it was clear we were getting this cascade, you know, um, or had at least announced something like they actually just put out the one that no fans would attend, like after teams had already started canceling and, and doing all that jazz. So it, yeah, they were, they were among the last BYU was also among the last. Um, there was still a question as to whether even after the, the Penn state Miami, Ohio game had, had gone underway um, the BYU game there was no word that it was going to be canceled. Um, eventually it was. Um, and, and that may have just been because as I was, you talk about the mechanics of filling out that sheet. Um, the one conference that really still was hard to find information for was the West coast conference. And, you know, I think as of, I have not checked this morning, but as of last night, there was no reference at all uh, for Pepperdine on social media. Like Pepperdine had not addressed it on social media. Um, and, you know, some other individual schools were similar. Uh, some schools were very much in the West Coast Conference were very much in front of it. So it was, you know, that one was probably just more of a case of you know, the conference hadn't given specific uh, guidance yet. Um, now, they have since canceled and they had as of yesterday afternoon. But I just felt like, you know, I had to look for it. It was it was not very everyone was very much seemed out there on social media about it. And, and they were, were less so. And so I think that's what happened with BYU is just that the guidance from the conference came kind of late 
And um, that's so it ended up being it, it looked like a situation for a while where BYU was just going to go ahead and play. Um, that was that was not the case. But but yes, you are correct. Baylor was was among the last to um, among the last to to officially cancel. And the, the Big 12 in general, I mean, among the, the major conferences, the Big 12 felt definitely felt the most piecemeal about oh, and again, what that was Bob Bowsby at some point was saying like to reporters, I guess, wherever the basketball tournament was like, oh, it's up to the schools. Like I think he lit, the commissioner literally said that. Yeah, there, theirs was definitely um, theirs was definitely seemed a little more piecemeal, and it really did feel like program by program because you know Texas was out there fairly early um, with 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 during the initial wave, and it's so easy like to for me it's 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 very easy to forget who did what when and what wave because there was the first wave which was no fans. And there was the second wave, which was cancellation, suspensions, et cetera. And that, that was mostly coming from the conferences. But um, but Texas was kind of early in this. Um, but then there were some programs we just didn't hear much from at all uh, until the Big 12 came out and did something declarative. So um, theirs was definitely felt like less of a less of a group effort. Yeah, it was the most Big 12 thing I can imagine. You know, the, the, the conference over the last decade has been incredibly fractured. Some of that is by design to allow Texas and Oklahoma to make as much money as they can and, um, you know, remain in the conference. But, yeah, it was the, the, the Bowsby saying like, oh, you know, it's a school by school decision or whatever. Like, what? No, it's not. Um, you have an actual conference baseball series this weekend that um, Texas Tech, it was at Texas Tech. West Virginia was going to Texas Tech um, and Texas Tech announces at some point like that the series is canceled early in the day before everything went truly crazy. They announced the series was canceled because West Virginia wasn't, was opting not to travel or something. And I don't have the exact verbiage in front of me, but it was, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. It's just, it was simply that West Virginia was like, no, I don't think we're going to, and now it it would not have come to that. Had West Virginia traveled, I'm still confident that series would not have been played. They would not have played yesterday or whatever today. I mean, but like, it didn't fundamentally change anything other than the fact that for a while that was the reason given was that they just just declined to travel. It, uh, yeah, it, it was, I don't know, not the, the right word isn't coming to me because it's not snarky, but it was just like, hey, guys, it wasn't us. Like, just passing the blame for, for this to West. It was, it was strange. Um, and I don't know, I hope not overly indicative of the mood on the ground in Lubbock at the time, but, you know, again, Things were changing very quickly, so um, yeah. The the response there o- overall, though, yesterday was uh, was was pretty incredible. Just across the board, just seeing how uh, how everyone reacted to to the you know the un- the unprecedented news, and of course the the people most affected by this are the players themselves, who had their seasons uh, you know end in, in a fashion that that none of them could have ever anticipated and of course are, are very frustrated by it and, and confused and, and they have no idea what any of this means. And there's been a lot of question about like, will eligibility be handed back to them? Um, especially the seniors. But I mean, I, th- there's a lot of focus on seniors right now and I get it. Um, but also what about the freshmen who just lost a season? Uh, that, you know, if you're going to, if the NCAA, I guess we're now into the, the, this portion of the podcast is that uh, the, the eligibility question going forward is 
you we were not you know far enough into the season um i don't remember if it's 20 or 25 percent. i think it's 25 percent of the season uh so theoretically everyone should be eligible for a medical redshirt right but what if you need the medical redshirt later so is is the is the ncaa going to give everyone an extra season of eligibility that was affected by this are they going to do that only for seniors um which I think would be wrong. I, I think everyone was affected by it. You, you have to, whatever measures you put in place for next year, and I, I trust them to take care of the seniors, but whatever measures you put into place for next year have to be extended for the next four to five years until all the freshmen get it, um, you know, move on and graduate because they lost a season just like the seniors did. The fact that they have three more seasons to play doesn't really change that in my mind. So that's an unanswered question going forward. And then if you do do that, uh, even if it's just for seniors, you now have a log jam because there are incoming freshmen that will be on campus uh, or however we're doing school next year. Uh, they, they are coming. And you know, the, the, the reality of the 11.7 maximum, the 27 scholarship player maximum, and you know, the, the minimum 25% scholarship is that it's already very difficult to build a roster. And now if you're saying that, that seniors are back, um, I don't know what anyone is supposed to, to do. So, you know, they're going to have to find a way, whether that means increasing scholarships, whether that means increasing scholarship players, uh, eliminating the 25% minimum, something has to go, preferably multiple things in that group because it's a, a very difficult puzzle as it is and i know a lot of coaches would like to already get rid of one of the two of the the 25 percent minimum or the 27 scholarship maximum because those two things um were kind of put in at, at, at two different times and, and really they accomplish the same thing if you just had a lot of coaches think that the uh, just having one of those things w would be enough to uh, to improve, the, help the APR in the sport and all the rest of that. But anyway, something has to be done. We don't know what it's going to be. I Again, this is a, a situation where they're going to have to figure it out as they go. And I don't know when you can expect to, to know about that. But the sooner the better, obviously, because... Uh, from coaches I talked to yesterday, that you know their seniors especially were absolutely distraught, and there's nothing that anyone can tell them right now. They, you know, you have no idea what is going to be the case going forward, and you know, so for now, I guess you're left to assume that your college career ended, and there was nothing you could do about it. it you couldn't even say, well, you know, if I if I just pitched a little better, maybe we would have made the tournament. Or maybe we would have won that game or whatever. Like, no, it, it, you could have you could have done your absolute best, anyone's absolute best. You could have homered in every. You could have been Nick Gonzalez, and you know your your season is still over. It is what it is. So you know that's a that's an unanswered question uh, that that needs to get answered quickly. Uh, Joe, do you? 
I don't expect you to have an idea for how to solve it, but are, are, do you do you share my my trust in the NCAA to to fix this for seniors? I know there are a lot of people that that hear the words trust the NCAA and just start laughing, but I mean I, I genuinely do think that they can solve this for seniors. Beyond that, I'm, I'm not sure because it becomes a lot more complicated if you're going to try and fix it for um, you know four to five years. First of all, I, uh, I do have a, I have a 12 slide slide deck that I'm going to share with you now <laughs> that has a detailed plan for no. Um, yeah, it's going to be complicated, period. Um, I, you know, I, I do actually have um, faith that this is going to um, uh, play out in some way that makes these players whole uh, in terms of their eligibility. And I get why there is that. Um, the hesitancy to give the benefit of the doubt to the NCAA. But if there's one thing I think we can say is that, um, you know, one thing they are have at least in the last couple of years been pretty sensitive to is um, vocal criticism on social media and in the media and in general media. And uh, I think if they don't do that, the blowback would be extreme. And so I think in an effort to avoid that, they are going to do everything they can. And I'd like to believe they would do that regardless. Um, just because this is such an unprecedented situation. And, and um, I think the reality of the situation, though, is that um, somebody is going to end up – players are going to end up being inconvenienced or, uh, to use a, a legal term, there's going to be injury uh, with, with the situation because you can increase rosters and increase scholarships, but they're ultimately kids who are going to get an opportunity to play that won't because of the increased competition on the roster. And in baseball players will tell you, well, there's always competition. And I, I totally agree. But the reality of the situation is there are going to be, uh, you know, players who were freshmen this year who were going to probably play prominent roles next year uh, that now they, they have to wait another year behind that senior. Um, and so that has that has ramifications for that player's draft stock or just the, the ability for them to play more. There's also the, um, you know, the, the, the upperclassmen that maybe gets bumped by, you know, having basically a double recruiting class behind them. So there there is all of that, not to mention, um, and I, I don't want to be the guy who immediately goes to the, like, yes, you know, kind of pushes past the initial, like, yes, this is a good, we should do this to like the logistical part of it. But there is also the logistics of the money side of it. I mean, and I I just so somebody's footing the bill for these extra scholarships if we're doing that. And I just, you know, if we're putting that burden on the schools, like I don't I don't know how many schools would do that or be able to do that. I just don't know. And I don't know. Could the NCAA foot the bill? I I don't know. And those are all very much. I don't know answers. And that's what we're just going to have to do over the next several weeks is just kind of I don't know. these. just say I don't know to these situations. Cause those are the big questions everyone has. And that's kind of where everyone's mind went to and understandably so, because the players to your point, and uh, I think it was obvious that, that this was the case are just crushed as the, as understandably. So I would be too. in, in their shoes, I, as a media member of the media, I was, you know, borderline crushed by this news. So um, I, I can certainly imagine uh, what it must be like to be in their shoes. So I, I get why the questions have gone there, but it's just going to be one that, um, we're not we're not really going to have answers on this in, until we do. Yeah, and the the other one that I I don't know I haven't seen anyone talk about like what about just total roster cap like 
are you is, is anyone going to be comfortable with allowing more than 35 players on a baseball roster next year and you know because if there's an uncapped year that's pretty significant and you know the <laughs> there are reasons why that cap was instituted so you know the, 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 there are a lot of issues to work through and i don't know how to do right by everyone and i know a lot of people are also very concerned about what this means for players draft status uh especially you know the a player, you know, Spencer Torkelson is going to be just fine. Whenever the, whenever MLB decides to draft, whether that's still on June 10th or whenever, uh, Spencer Torkelson, Emerson Hancock, Nick Gonzalez, these players are going to be fine. But what about the kid that was trying to rise up draft boards this spring? You know, that that now doesn't have opportunities to get scouted uh, or maybe was starting to rise up draft boards this spring, but hadn't been cross-checked yet or had been cross-checked, but the director still needed to come in. Uh, you know, if you were, if you're, you know, a, a player like Bryce Jarvis at Duke, who was definitely moving, you know, it was already pretty high on draft boards, but was, was moving up into a potential first round pick. Well, there are a lot of, you know, GMs that want to see their first round pick. There are, you know, directors that, that maybe hadn't seen Jarvis yet this spring. And, you know, that's just not going to happen now. So what does that mean for him? And, and you know, that, again, I, he's going to be okay. But what, that the, the, the bigger question is what, a guy that was trying to move into the top 10 rounds. You know, the, the, the player that was maybe a, a 15th round pick, but was trying to be a sixth round pick like the, the you know, those guys just have lost looks. And, you know, if you reinstate their eligibility from the season back, you know, OK, now they have at least the same amount of leverage uh, in terms of the draft because they could say, well, you know, I, I still have two years left. I, I, I don't need to take that money or whatever. But they what they can't do is give them their calendar year back and because you know age matters in the draft you know that's significant and, and there's nothing anyone can do about that and you know that the, the, it, it is what it is and you know life is life is terrible sometimes and and i it's awful and, and but that that's there's nothing anyone anyone can do about that, and, and that's just one of the the really tough things going forward. And and that's going to be true, like you said. I mean, all of a sudden there's increased competition. Even if they do right by every kid, there's suddenly increased competition that's going to have trickle down effects for years. And, and so the, the the cost of this lost season is going to be felt for the next four to five years throughout college baseball and and, and for kids in the draft and in player development and, and everything. And and it's I mean, it's just really unfortunate, but that that is where we are right now, I guess. Yep, no, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I, I get the feeling, you know, me as um, someone who, you know, kind of likes to think through those types of things, like I want to kind of solve it. But the other part of me is just really kind of interested. That, I mean, next year is going to be, in all likelihood, next season is going to be a grand experiment in college baseball. 
because something will be done. Um, the least likely scenario is the NCAA saying, sorry, guys, nothing we can do for you. So, like, something is going to be done. There is going to be something, uh, again, something probably unprecedented in college baseball next year, but it'll be in reference to eligibility, roster size, et cetera. So uh, from that standpoint, I am kind of interested to see what happens and, and kind of uh, I think there will be uh, you and I will have plenty to write about come 2021 uh, just in terms of how teams are approaching figuring that stuff out. I know, by the way, um, you know, the Ivy League doesn't allow grad students. Like if you, if you, if you use up your, uh, if you graduate and you still have eligibility left, you can't play in the Ivy league. So, you know, if, if suddenly every Ivy league senior gets a year back and wants to use it, um, you know, the, the grad transfer market is going to be flooded. Uh, so, I mean, the next year there are, there are many roster based implications for any decision that is made. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll get into them as as they come. Right now, we're we're just trying to process every the, the, the initial wave. But go ahead. Yeah, the, the Ivy League should should really embrace that. You know, maybe what they should do is they take all the guys who fall under that in that category, and we should just do like a signing day special with these kids, <laughs> where they do the hats on the table. I think the Ivy League should really lean into this. If 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 that is the case, and if you know that's going to be the case, like, eh, just go ahead and give these kids a give these kids a moment. I think that's the way you should go with it. That would be fun. It would be very un Ivy League of it, but it would be fun. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. I, we we've said unprecedented a lot, and it really is. And it's just you know thinking through some of this stuff. I was talking to a recruiting coordinator uh, early in the day, you know, prior to the World Series being canceled yesterday, and. Um, you know, we were talking through some of this stuff, and at one point he just told me, like, look, I got to stop talking to you, Teddy. You're giving me a headache. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is even worse than I imagined. <laughs> so um, that, that's what I'm here to do, uh, you know, just, just create headaches in, 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 uh, in people's lives. The, the other, you know, note on all of this is that right now no one is allowed to go out to recruit. So, you know, if... Uh, if high school kids are, are concerned about that, you know, concerned about the the impact on, on their season and, and therefore on their recruiting, um, they don't have to worry about that right now. No, no one is out there recruiting. So uh, that, that that I mean, it's a loss. It's a loss of look, obviously. But if you're a kid in California where high school season has been canceled already, and you're seeing kids on Twitter uh, in Texas playing baseball, like. I mean, yeah, you can be jealous of them, but at least you can have some solace in the fact that coaches are not allowed out to to look at um, at those players. So hopefully things are more normal by the summer, and because that's where the the most recruiting happens, the biggest recruiting events obviously are in the summer. And, and while coaches will definitely go out and watch high school baseball in the spring, um, you know they do a lot more work in the summer when they don't have to coach their own teams and, and worry about their own games then they can just focus on the recruiting so uh hopefully summer ball happens for for everyone for high school for college you know we'll see we'll see what uh, effects this has on that obviously that's um summer ball right now has the benefit of, of more time to evaluate uh yeah, so that's uh i don't know joe that that's uh to me that that was that, that was the big news, uh, you know, in, in various p- 
pieces of this. Is is there any implications right now that, that we haven't uh, touched on yet? Well, this is really going to hurt my ability to taste various regional fast foods. Um, but that's suppose, what counts here. Yeah. So that's <laughs> kind of a bummer. Um, so, you know, that will have to be put on hold until, uh, well, you know, who knows? I mean, we, things might be back up and running and, you know, maybe maybe we'll uh, I'll get that opportunity in the summer and fall. But if nothing else, uh, 2021, I guess, is going to be my which is probably good, honestly, like I like you know, maybe, maybe I can like preemptively like drop a few pounds before I go into next season. I did not do, I had moved recently. See, now we're really getting into like Joe's personal time here. Like, but <laughs> I had, you know, I had moved to Durham, um, just before, you know, the season started. And so like, that's not great for being in your, you know, uh, the, the, a good health situation. And then the season started. So it just wasn't a good time for me to be going crazy on all the regional fast foods anyway. So maybe this, that specific piece of this is maybe for the better. So I'm just seeing on Twitter now that IndyCar had it canceled until just now. <laughs> they, were, they were going to pull the race this weekend until just now. So, uh, you know, that's wild. That, that's that's fun. Um, there's still, I mean, there still are some, some holdouts in there. And that was kind of wild to me, just not the, from the sports side of it. But, you know, I mentioned this in our our baseball America internal slack yesterday that it was kind of jarring for me. I went from the office and spending all morning and early afternoon kind of trying to keep up with the, with the dizzying news of the day. Um, and then left, um, you know, to, to basically go work from home the rest of the afternoon. Cause I hadn't eaten yet. And I was like, if I don't, this is happening so fast. If I don't leave now, I, I won't leave and I'll just go work from home. So I, I went outside and, it is so apocalyptic on Twitter and understandably so like, I'm not suggesting like we, you know, I, I'm not going to be someone who's sitting here saying we've all overreacted. I think this is a serious thing that needs to be taken seriously. And, and now we're doing so. But that said, like Twitter was a very specific mood, if you will. And I walked out to go to my car to come back home. And like, it was a beautiful day in Durham. And there's like a guy across the street mowing grass and like the office park across from us, people were milling about, and, you know, there were a bunch of cars on the road and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess the like the world really is still going on out here, <laughs> which just was very dissonant with what was going on on Twitter. So it was uh, that's I mean, that's something in all seriousness, not to be melodramatic, but like this is a big bummer, especially if you work in college baseball. But, you know, live your life like life is still going on. Go outside, go for a walk. I went for a walk yesterday afternoon and uh, once the day wrapped up and it was it was lovely. So. Um, you know, take precautions, be safe, stay healthy, but, uh, you know, life goes on and, um, we will, we will overcome. I, uh, do actually want to touch on one more, uh, development from this. It's an important one. I should have, should have gone to this earlier. Um, also listen to Joe. He, he has wisdom there, but the volunteer assistance, obviously, um, you know, have been a, a topic hot topic over the last year and to clear up the misnomer like yes we use volunteer assistant as the title because that's what they officially are but they do receive paychecks just not in salary they get paid through camps and camps and clinics are now on hold for the foreseeable future and this is spring break time so i think a lot of places around the country uh were you know, planning to hold camps or clinics 
over spring break for you know their local um, players, children in their community. There it is. Those are now not happening, and now volunteer assistants are going to be without a pretty significant part of their paycheck. Um, you know, and, and the the one that's kind of supposed to carry them through until the summer when they can you know make the the bulk of their their camp and clinic money. And I got a text from one of them uh, yesterday. Just it just said, imagine depending on a spring break camp to pay your rent for the next two months. So, you know, there are a lot of people right now in, in this country that are going to be struggling on, uh, you know, with, uh, with the cancellations, you know, all the stadium workers. We saw Kevin Love uh, commit $100,000 to um, help the, the stadium workers in, in Cleveland with the NBA on hiatus. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, just things, people that rely on events that, you know, their incomes are going to be significantly cut to say nothing of the, 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 you know, restaurants, the bars, the, the airports, the, you know, anyone associated with that kind of stuff that there's just going to be a lot less travel and, 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 and people going out, uh, that they're all going to be affected by this. But, you know, the, the volunteer assistants are going to be pretty affected by this as well. And, um, and I, I, we, we don't need to relitigate last year's debate of should the third assistant vote have passed and why did it fail and whose fault is that? But you know, it did fa- it did fail, and, and the upshot of that is now this year, in, in an unprecedented situation, you have volunteer assistant coaches across the country that are going to you know be hurting for the next couple months, and I don't know how to solve that one either. Um, I, I, that one's, that one's a really tough one. And, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of them will be okay because they'll find a job, temporary job doing something. Maybe, maybe that's optimistic. I don't know, but you know, maybe this can also be a catalyst for some sort of change on on, on that front as well, because that is a a very real thing that is going to be playing out over the next couple months. Yeah. I mean, moral of the story, the, if you're in a position to give a job to your friendly local volunteer assistant, uh, please feel free to do so. Yes. Uh, also, clear it with compliance first. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Please play by the rules. But if, if you have a job on the up and up to help a volunteer assistant get through, that would be great. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, another depressing note. Uh, just in, a, in an overall really difficult story that, that has been this week in, in college baseball. It's really crazy. Uh, you know, on, on Tuesday, I flew to Florida to uh, cover what I was very excited for. It was going to be a great week of baseball in Florida. Saw Florida, Florida State. Saw Miami, UCF. That was a little surreal. Things had started, clearly started going very sideways during, uh, during Wednesday, uh, just while I was driving to Orlando from Gainesville. And I was very much looking forward to Georgia, Florida this weekend. And now, of course, uh, I won't be watching Emerson Hancock and Tommy Mace tonight. I, I flew home um, Thursday evening, and uh, I guess this is where I'm going to be for a while. So it's uh, it's tough for everyone. It's the most difficult for players. And, you know, we're 
we're definitely feeling it there with everyone, but I, I cannot imagine what the players are feeling right now. I just can't. And, um, you know, unless you're in that clubhouse or maybe if you're a parent of someone in that clubhouse, you know, maybe you can get it. But otherwise, I, I don't think that we can actually fully understand what what the players are going through right now. Joe and I uh, will continue to uh, to do this podcast during however long this hiatus lasts. Um, you know, we uh, we want to keep doing it. We want to you know keep providing some sort of, of content for, for you guys. Um, you know, hopefully it can be a little less depressing than it was this week because I know personally uh, I'm looking for for things that that can take my mind off of um, what's happening right now. And I know in general sports are that for a lot of people. And right now there are no sports. And you know, so we're we're gonna try and keep doing that. I don't think we're gonna be do, able to do it twice a week. We're we're gonna go to once a week. Go back to I guess an off season schedule because it's kind of the off season again. Um, I don't know precisely what day that means the podcast will will be uh, coming out every week. Uh, we'll figure that out. It's a it's a fluid situation. Uh, we'll we'll make it up as we go, just like the NCAA I guess. The uh, the point of all of that though is to say that if you uh, subscribe to the Baseball America college podcast on your favorite podcasting app be that apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify google play uh you won't have to wonder it'll it'll just come right into your phone and and you can uh you can listen to it then Uh, so if please do so please rate and review the podcast while while you're at that uh joe do you have uh do you have closing thoughts for for this dark week in college baseball uh yeah it's been tough for sure um, you know, but, um, you know, I think, I think all, all of what I said earlier, I, I believe that it's just like, um, you know, take a minute to put things in perspective. I think Teddy made a good point earlier. Like, uh, we're, we're all frustrated, but this is for the, for the greater good. So, um, keep that in mind. And also know that, uh, you know, Teddy mentioned it, that, uh, we are not leaving you. We are going to continue to do this show and we are ready to get weird with it. Like we are going to be in a position where, you know, Uh, We're not going to have games to cover, so we're going to have to figure something out. I mean, we'll have some news. Like, we anticipate at some point knowing what they're going to do with rosters, scholarship, et cetera. But beyond that, uh, we're going to have to figure some stuff out. And um, we are not above. We have already had some very brief conversations about some stuff we can do. And um, it's uh, it would be interesting stuff. So I'm kind of in a a strange way. I'd much rather have the games. Don't get me wrong. But in a strange way, kind of just interested to see what we can pull off um, because I think we're – we're going to do everything we can to have a little fun with it and try to make the most of it uh, of what is otherwise a uh, pretty uh, tough situation. Yeah. And I, you know, Joe and I have tried to stay out of the, um, you know, larger discussion of the response and the virus, et cetera, because again, we are not doctors, but I do have a friend living in Italy and I just wanted to share a message that, that I got from her uh, earlier this week. This is, this is what's going on there. And the, the whole point of the measures that we're taking now is to avoid that being our reality. What I'm about to say being our reality. I'm fine and healthy and trapped in my house. The government has closed schools and irrelevant shops. People can't move from a town to another unless for working or health needs. Most people work from home like me. 
just a few go to work. And now we can't take a walk for pleasure or take the car. It's allowed only to go and get food. So that is what we're trying not to have happen here. And while the you know events of this week are disappointing and dispiriting and might seem draconian, um, you know that that is that is the hope. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't come to pass here. Hopefully uh, COVID-19 gets contained uh, relatively quickly and, and we're all able to go back to this. And I would love to be proven wrong and I would love the SEC to play baseball games this spring. Um, that would be fantastic. But we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. And we will, uh, we will be tracking it all here on the Baseball America College podcast and over at BaseballAmerica.com. And you can follow Joe and I on Twitter for the latest, uh, for, for any news from the NCAA or these conferences or what have you. Uh, I am at Ted Cahill. Joe is at Joe Healy BA. We will be back on the Baseball America College podcast sometime next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have a, a more fun show for you. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we can cook up uh, in, in the next several days. So until then, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting us all season long. It really does mean a lot. And, you know, it's, uh, you know we, we just love this game just like you guys do. So, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we're all able to, to work through this together and come out on the other end as a um, baseball community. So until we talk to you next week, thank you guys for listening. I've been Teddy Cahill. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.